Hello and welcome back to Podcasting is Praxis. I'm David and my pronouns are he and him. I'm James and my pronouns are they and them. I'm Jamie, my pronouns are he and him. And I'm Alistair and my pronouns are he and him. And joining us is Lila. Hello, my friends, my darlings. My name is Lila. My pronouns are she and her. Are you happy to be here? Um, yeah. That was a loaded question there, David. <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah, no, I've, okay. only, I've only broken the recording about five times already. So. <laughs> That's baby yeah. shit, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you should see what Rob's capable of. Um, but just a note for the listener, Rob is uh, still on holiday, unfortunately, um, in the hospital after a severe small plate accident. Uh, so thoughts and prayers with Rob at this time. Is it better to have a small, severe plate accident or a severe, small plate accident? Mm, I'm going to say a, a small, severe plate because I don't know what a severe plate is. That sounds like <laughs> the, the, a phil- philosophical question. Maybe you should ask small plate or... <laughs> Fuck off. Oh. Oh. Okay, bye. <laughs> I love to have the best chunk of the episode within the first like three minutes. That's I fantastic. Where you fucking go? It's all downhill for here, I can promise you. No, it's okay. He's going to bust out severe Socrates later on in the recording. Oh. It'll be fine. There it is. Okay. Right. Uh, let's just let's get cracking on with some little nuggets. And then we have a horrifying main topic for you um, to the point where the content that I previewed to Rob made him say Jesus Christ. Uh, so if he's unsettled by it, look forward to it. Uh, do we need any uh, do we need any content warnings for this or? No, no, no. Um, no, unfortunately, it's something that everyone will be well aware of. You just don't really want to have to face it that often. Mm, um, don't worry. No content warning required. It would simply um, receive a not mine safe tag. Yes, I yes. mean, if it if it upset, upset Rob, it might just be a regular plate. <laughs> <laughs> it's not plate related at all. Uh, right, first things first, uh, James. I have a present for you. Shit. And yes. Hello. Thank you, David. So gracious and thoughtful. What have you got? Mm. Um, a little bit on Joe Biden. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right, let's go, Jack. <sighs> yeah, exactly. Um, Biden is apparently now basically confirmed as running again in 2024. He's never going to be alive. That man is never going to run again for anything. No, I, <laughs> I, I think they'll be pumping him full of whatever they pump into Henry Kissinger to keep him on his feet, frankly. so I assume it's like, blood, and that's why his eye did that thing that time. Surely Hillary Clinton controls the flow of the, the Kissinger meds. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't know. Like, if he's running in 2024, this is about to be really quite bad, actually. Well, um, right now everything looks pretty fucked. So I've got like a couple of stats here just now. Uh, oh, go on. Young people are fucking abandoning them, um, and, and the party in general just now. Oh god, this did you the, see that? Uh, what you, a surprise! You know what I that know, is? Right? It's because he didn't have that fight with Trump like he said he would. That's why, we, that's why I'm disappointed. No, I think um, I think you'll find out stuff. According to the Twitter commentariat, it's because young people are more rootless and restless in their political convictions and less likely to settle yeah, on an individual the party. Are, the youth are an unknowable mass that you cannot placate in any way. They are yeah. fickle, and you should not trust them. Just, it be just they- wait though until someone tells them that the way to win back the youth vote is to get on TikTok. Oh no, he's already don't, on. don't do this. He's already, sorry, I hate to break your bubble here, Jamie. He's already on TikTok. 
Oh, yeah. There is this US White House on TikTok. I'm pretty certain of it. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, could it be that he promised to cancel student loan debt day one and didn't? Nah. that's that's definitely going to be a part of it. Uh, did he did he promise yeah, to cancel uh, student loans and then tell everyone to Pokemon go fuck themselves? Basically, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I hope that there's like loads of people think that they're going to get to be vice president and he just like destroys them all live on air like he did with Stacey Abrams though because that was the best bit of the Biden campaign. <laughs> I mean, that's an interesting thought. Is he going to run with Kamala again? Almost certainly, right? I mean, you would you would assume so. No, one last it. time, and and also, um, someone else confirmed for running in twenty twenty four is Trump. Yes, yeah. he's oh, back. No. <laughs> Meat's back on the menu, boys. Politics <laughs> is good again, baby. <laughs> oh, do you know? Do yes. you know what be? Do you know what be the very very amusing outcome is that obviously Trump's Twitter account has been banned. Uh, if he Bring becomes president again, he would get the president uh, like the the at POTUS. Uh, Twitter account, and he would be able to go on a fucking unhinged yeah. <laughs> presumably. Again. Genuinely, everybody should vote for him for this alone. I miss the Twitter <laughs> so much. It, it, it was the only thing I was living for for a long time. <laughs> I mean, he is, um, sadly, he is the poster in chief, which is why he got to be president. So, you see, when, uh, when Elon Musk so buys good. Twitter tomorrow, he'll just unban him. Yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> Actually, uh, in all seriousness, though, if he becomes a Republican nominee, he almost certainly has to get his Twitter account back. Uh, I mean, like, yeah. So finally, some good news. Also, <laughs> like, here's the thing: I think there's a real danger that he'll win. Um, like, well, I know people. If I can, well, if I can pull things back to the present slightly more, so like coming up, we've got the the elections uh, for Congress. Yeah, which are going to be a bloodbath for the Democrats, well, probably. The Democrats' support from uh, Gen Xers is down 15 points, Millennials 19, and Gen Z 21. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, they're pretty much fucked when it comes to this, so they're going to definitely lose control in whatever fucking bullshit Biden's been able to do with yeah, but you know, does, throwing does every fucking matter? concession out there and scraping something. That's all going to fucking disappear as well. So it's but all downhill for you. It doesn't matter, though, because they never do anything when they've got control, so... Well, like, yeah. so this is a perfect example of building back better, in my view, right? Because, um, I don't know, like, the only ones in that that make me kind of go, oh, they're definitely fucked is Gen X. If Gen X is down 15 points, then they're really, really not doing great. Yeah. So. Yeah, because yeah. uh, as, as we know, Gen X are grown-ups and millennials and Gen Z are all at, at most 23 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no. It, Gen, it's X, just from- Gen X used to, like, do, like, absolutely wild shit. Like when their parents like were at work or whatever that guy was tweeting about the other week. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. fuck with Gen X. Yeah, oh, don't yeah. fuck with Gen X. They're latchkey yeah. kids. Like, yeah, yeah, we, we yeah. used to have to slam our dick in a fucking yellow pages in order to get off. You, you whippersnappers, don't know how good you've got it. Yeah, kids have never foraged for porn in the woods. You don't know <laughs> that guy. That guy was going on about like some of the stuff. Some of the stuff we used to do were like when a pet before our parents got home from work would like make you like fucking like scream. And it's like he's talking about wanking to the catalog. Yeah, so that's 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 the downfall of fucking Biden. That's great. It's unknown at this point, you know, whether or not Hillary Clinton will let any of this stand because there's no way that she's going to survive to the next fucking one. So surely she wants her turn to beat Trump. I don't know. 
She's just gonna, um, she's, oh. just, she's just gonna be on the same shit as fucking Pelosi, so it'll if be fine. Hillary, be if Hillary decides to run again, which like prestige TV show is she gonna do like an absolutely absurd campaign ad in the style of? Oh, she should do Lost this time. And just like <laughs> dance about with a polar bear for a while. That'd be good. Uh succession, surely, right? Gotta be. Oh, that's 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 cost enough to be right. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. It's a bit too you current, know? though, isn't it? I think more well, like more something like Breaking Bad. No, but like the thing, <laughs> yeah. the thing about the she thing about the Hillary. One who knocks. <laughs> <laughs> she called I mean, it Breaking Vlad, though. Obviously, that is exactly the right curse yeah. energy. This shit just writes itself. <laughs> But I'll be honest, if she if she did a, a no shit like absolute like beat for beat reproduction of I am the one who knocks, right, that might actually do her some good, so it's definitely not happening. No. Um Oh man. Like, here's the thing about it. Um if Hillary runs against Trump, if she's like the nominee against Trump, Trump wins. Hard. Definitely mm. guaranteed. Because if it's Hillary versus Trump again, what that actually is to the electorate is you made the wrong choice the first time, didn't you? And no one likes to be fucking told that at all. So she'll just lose. Like, it doesn't really matter what she does. If it's against Trump, I think Hillary loses Frankly, because... James, I'm offended because if we'd had that second Brexit referendum, I'm certain it would have come back the way that yeah. everyone wanted it to. <laughs> yeah, exactly, also, right? As a, as a point of order, I'd love to be told that I did the wrong thing. It doesn't change my it doesn't change my opinion like their behavior in, in any way, but you know what I mean? I, yeah, I live and for I people, do it like, again. people telling me, like, you fuck that. It's like, yeah, and? (laughs) (laughs) But um, Biden versus Trump, like, Biden's not done anything. Trump, like, I'm not going to say it on the podcast, I don't want to jinx it, but there is about three things that Trump needs to do to win. And I don't think Biden would have any good counters for them. So I guess it remains to be seen how good Trump's political strategist is, essentially. The funny thing is, though, that, like, Trump does, did have, like, a, a, like, to a degree, like a level of showmanship, like the whole, the fucking, um, uh, the checks that he sent out, that was like from Donald Trump. Like, no, like, <laughs> like that, that right there might be the main thing that gets him reelected, to be perfectly fucking blunt. Because the last yeah, thing, but Biden, that gave your average everyone, Ameri- Biden gave everyone two grand. Yeah, exactly, right? Uh, <laughs> in, in, in a parallel reality, Biden's fine because he gave everyone their two grand, but he literally promised them, yeah. right? And I'm not going to say what. I'm not going to go into depth on this, but essentially the last good thing people in America who are like fairly apolitical, like could go red, could go blue. The last good thing that happened to him is they got a check from Donald fucking Trump and the Democrats mm. have done nothing for them. So that right there is why Trump running again could actually do quite well. Yeah. Biden really needs to get off his arse and actually end, do something substantial. Chance, on the off chance that either Donald Trump or Joe Biden hears this, I think the number one thing either of them could do to seal the election is drop dead in the middle of a debate. <laughs> I would absolutely vote for the candidate. Final, that did that. Finally, an incorruptible politician. Personally, I just think it's Jeb's turn. Finally, yeah. we, need, we need Jeb back on the bill. Oh, His time has come. Vote Jeb. Please vote. Yeah, please clap. Please vote. President oh, Jeb right. and Vice President Cruz. Oh. That's, that is a curse enough energy that if it wasn't for Trump being there, that one might actually fly. Um, except probably the other way around. I'm going to be real with you, Jamie. I think it would be President Cruz and Vice President Jeb. No, actually, yeah, you're probably right. Right, yeah. 
Although I don't know, because Ted did, like, cuck himself pretty hard for Trump in the end. Yeah. Whereas, like, I don't think Jeb went quite far in. I bet if you took a photo of them next to each other, the leaning line would be in an unsuspecting <laughs> position. Well, but there's also... Um... God, the leaning line, Jesus, I just got that reference. <laughs> there's, also, um, there's also the fact that as Vice President, Cruz would have more time to serial kill. <laughs> <laughs> and if he ever wants to become President, we'll know that that's happened because there'll be a weird note found next to Jeb's body. So it's fine, yeah. Cool. All right, um, moving on from that cursed part of the world, let's move off to somewhere else. Somewhere we're going to hear a lot about. It's Rwanda. Yeah. <clears throat> so last week, yeah, I know, right? I know. Um, last week, Prep Patel announced that uh, she had finally found a government that was either desperate, rude, or evil enough to offload our asylum seekers onto. This is going to be primarily focused on single men arriving on boats or lorries, all for a bargain cost of one hundred and twenty million pounds. Mm-hmm. I can't wait until mm. we hear that it, like, you know what I mean, like sixty people went through this scheme in, in total. You know what I mean? And they could have just I, given I've them I've actually all, like, got some numbers of capacity and stuff a lot further on here. Because uh, on the Australian <laughs> one, like they, it worked out at like a million, like Australian dollars. A, mil- a million Australian dollars per person, which is admittedly about 12 quid. But still, <laughs> you, you could yeah, have just it's, given it's them fucking... that 12 quid. You know what I mean? And yeah. they would have, they would have uh, spent it on the economy. Yeah, mm-hmm. but here's the thing, Jamie, that doesn't have the sweet, dulcet undertones of fuck off the we're full. Like, you yeah. know, that's never going to fly. How dare you suggest that, that this policy is driven in any way by, like, fuck off, we're full. It's fuck off, we need room for Ukrainians. <laughs> no, I, I, I've, I've got no, a little bit as well. The, the, the real intention, well, I say the real intention, the real official intention of this is to combat people smuggling which, as we all know, is the type of organised crime that famously focuses on single adult men and single mm-hmm. adult men only. Yeah. The only victims ever of people smuggling. Mm-hmm. So that's why this is going to cut that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other argument for this is that it's more cost-effective than definitely giving all asylum seekers mansions like the Sun says that they do. So you can see the cost saving there. The Labour argument against it is that this is still too expensive and it's actually all just a distraction from party gate. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It sounds I mean... like distilled, but those are basically Keir Starmer's words. He said like two sentences on it and those were the two points he made within them. Yeah, no, yeah. obviously they don't have a single point of it, uh, like point of principle to rail against the fact that this is essentially creating a catch-22 situation for refugees where you can't get you can't come here unless you're a legal migrant and you can't be a legal migrant unless you get here and yeah it, and so like therefore you must be the thing is, though, to Rwanda the thing is though Starmer's obviously not going to say that the, the like policy is bad in and of itself because wasn't it like a Tony Blair joint originally as all of the all of the absolute belters that the Tory government have <laughs> put out in the last twelve years or whatever, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. they did. They did have a look at this um, and then decided against it. Again, I think it was purely based on cost reasons is why they said no to it. Yeah, uh, which again is the only reason that fucking Starmer's saying no the, to um, it. The the it's a distraction from party gate crowd can absolutely go fuck themselves though. Do you know what I mean? Hundred percent. Yeah. Like, uh, unfortunately, though, that if they do go fuck themselves, that's the only thing they'll be able to do because only one thing ever happens at any one time. Yeah, that's true. Like, but I mean, yeah, just can't, can't the, I- gum. 
the idea that like oh we're gonna we're gonna like deport people and put them in camps is like oh it, they're just you know what I mean they're just like throwing this policy out to distract from the fact that Boris Johnson looked at a cake. Do you know what I mean? It's like hmm, I wonder mm-hmm. if one of these things is like significantly worse than the other. <laughs> yeah, uh, Patel but not, went not to, to... Lib, not to lib brains because one of them was legal <clears throat> and one of them technically wasn't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. Boris Johnson yeah, looked at uh, an illegal cake. Whereas, like the government, <laughs> the government's going to say they're allowed to deport people to camps, and so therefore, mm. uh, Patel went to Kigali, which is the capital of Rwanda, to sign an agreement stating that the vast majority of those arriving in the UK illegally (scare quotes) would be considered for relocation to Rwanda, which kind of goes against the 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 riff of the whole. I will just be single adult men, but all right. And uh, unfortunately all, all, for... All the immigrants coming into Britain are single adult men. All of them. And if yep, the government would just consent to, like, microwaving their teeth or whatever, like, crazy horse shit, like people on Facebook say, needs to be done <laughs> to prove that they're not, like... Do you know what I mean? There are, there are no, like, immigrant boys. It's all, like, men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I honestly think this is just, like, Patel doing her election campaign, kind of. It's, like, this is exactly the sort of shit that exactly the right kind of, like, Tory, internal Tory party voter wants to see, and her doing it, like, Mm -hmm. is pretty much a lock compared to, I mean, what have Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss done recently? Fucked it and fucked it. Filled someone else's car with petrol. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the other thing thing about this this policy is even if it's, like, fought in the courts or whatever... Uh, it is something that they'll be able to make hay over for weeks to come. Like, you know, like the, the mail and shit. They even, obviously, like Labour, you know, fucking piss weak fucking opposition to this. So they got, so they've farmed out opposition to, you know, like the church and beyond. Like, it's always going to be, uh, like fertile ground for them to try and, gin up people against you know whatever kind of migrant they're they're angry at this week uh, but the the thing that's a, that i found just frustrating as fuck is the lib the libs who think that because this is the strategy you therefore should not oppose it at all so as not to give the newspapers anything to to um to publish like well yeah, you say definitely. that you say well, that it depends who you are because some libs really like when people are out and out saying actually this is really bad and you shouldn't do it because for example Theresa May is yet again being fucking rehabilitated because she doesn't like this so she's oh, now sta- the good Tory of the week yeah, yeah. we stan our queen um, <laughs> you can, know. I, can I ask what her reasoning was? <laughs> yeah what is she saying? she was tired of Rory Stewart out. getting the spotlight oh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> yeah well he just looks unnatural I'm- under all that light so it's only fair <laughs> Mm, I'm not like, like the beautifully natural Theresa May, queen yeah. of elegance and grace. <laughs> I mean, there's like there's two separate things going on here. One of it is definitely the you know former premier needs to reform the image a bit kind of shit, and it's probably like it's her turn to be the good Tory is part of this. So, Mrs May told the Commons she did not support the policy due to her concerns over whether it met standards on legality, practicality, and efficacy. <laughs> Efficacy. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm against the camps because they are not efficient enough. Yeah. yeah. Can we not just zap them all with a big laser? That would be much also, better. There's also this weird the thing right, about Theresa The right May. honourable lady cannot support this policy because she is a rules nonce. 
I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be fair to her, right? But I'm going to I'm going to finish reading out what she said here because there is a good point in here. Um, from what I have heard and seen so far of this policy, I do not support the removal to Rwanda policy on the grounds of legality, practicality, and efficacy. If it is the case that families will not be broken up, does she not believe? And where is her evidence that this will not simply lead to an increase in the trafficking of women and children? Like, yeah, that's that's exactly what this could potentially do. Like, not in any meaningful way of the numbers, it's just going to replace who it is that comes over. It's just going I mean, to you have less single adult men, but you're going to have more um, more, more kids. If you want to get number down, if, if you're intent on reducing number of asylum seeker coming to Britain, this isn't a policy that's actually going to do any of that. So... The whole point of it's just cruelty. That's just, the only fucking reason for it to exist. Yeah, get a yeah. boat. Just get a boat in the channel to project onto the cliffs of Dover. Fuck off. We're shit. <laughs> <laughs> there's also um, there's like, no political tendency that doesn't annoy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm. well. But what I will say is like. There is this weird kind of streak in Theresa May where she does feel like she's honour bound in the most stupid and like regressive way possible. So a large part of this is probably her looking at this and thinking that this somehow um like goes against the the duty that the Home Secretary has um around like immigration. She can be really weird about this kind of shit. So mm-hmm. like she's got she's got a nerve talking about legality though, because didn't she dance really well at conference? <laughs> definitely that's definitely true <laughs> uh, oh I've thought of the, the political tendency that wouldn't be offended by fuck off we're shit on the cliffs of Dover the Alba party <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the only thing they're not offended by yeah <laughs> libertarian nihilists I guess actually to know David I think they'd be against it because we consider it cancel culture ah uh, okay yeah maybe possibly yeah um right to to illustrate the the alba is like a two guns party in it yeah no yeah. basically no, like, it's, 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 like, it's like it but not yeah if if it was if um if if he wasn't a unionist uh then yes. yeah that's basically what the party right. would be yeah yeah um to go over this Rwanda stuff, I thought I would just have... I had a wee scan through looking for information on it, and I, I came across quite a lot of it on the BBC News website, and I thought, that's a lot of information for any one sort of thing, and then I realised, ah, it's consent manufacturing. So I've got a little list of all the things that the BBC... Some of the things that the BBC have compiled to explain the scheme to you, the reader. Okay. So we've got um, a scary graph showing line go up year on year from 2019. Ooh. Have they done, um, have they done like uh, one of those illustrations of the, the like immigration center, you know what I mean? Like the, the sort of like, Oh, like Bin Laden's Bin Laden, cave type. Yeah, Bin Laden's mountaintop <laughs> command post style thing. Do you, actually, no, they haven't. Right. And this is, this is even more worrying. Um, they've got a picture of a bed and what could pass for any really basic hotel room saying we've seen the accommodation um, and that it would be able to process 100 people at a time and up to 500 a year with zero details on the quality of the accommodation other than that bed or the facility itself or the I've... area the facility itself is yes. in. So is the suggestion that we've like given Rwanda 120 million quid to build us a travel lodge? Is that what they're saying? <laughs> Efficiency of the free market, baby. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the travel lodge already existed, apparently. 
You know, the, you know, it says <laughs> okay. like 120 million. Is that per year? The 120 total? million is actually just for the agreement itself. It doesn't cover any of the costs of anyone being resettled. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it basically, it's, it's 120 million pounds for a PR like opportunity. That's basically what it has been. Um, it's election year, like James said. Like that's that's all it is. Um, yeah, so, more on the BBC so it's, stuff. It's a, it's a bargain when you consider how many front pages they're going to get out of it. You know. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, more on the BBC stuff. They have a handy map of the globe, and I stress <laughs> globe here, not world, um, with a curved line over it showing how far away the UK is from Rwanda, with big labels of. 4,000 miles, bracket six and a half thousand kilometers, so that you know that the scary immigrants are far away now. What um, direction is that, though, if you go in? Uh, yeah, no, that, that's the shortest route. Okay. <laughs> that's the short route. Um, they've got some other plans that they've laid out on how else the government is tackling immigration as something that needs to be tackled. Uh, like, they are handing operational control of the channel to the Navy which I'm sure will go down fucking great. It's uh, like countdown to machine gunning them, I swear to God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Patel, Patel on a tank, on a boat, holding the machine gun, firing wildly into the channel. I'll do you one better, David, on an Ajax. Oh, I yes. Just, I just like the idea of the operation of the channel, like it's a fucking wave machine, at like <laughs> the bats or something like that, you know what I mean? Just the, just the, all, get rid of them. All the water between here and France just suddenly becomes perfectly calm because the guy like running the machine's gone out for a tab break. <laughs> I'm just enjoying a picture of uh, a bunch of like you know really fucked off navvies like standing next to like these bellows like contraptions, just like weakly pushing <laughs> them up and down. Yeah. Then the bus um, comes by and they give it so a bit more elbow sort of thing. Well, no, they won't need to do that just, because there's fifty million pounds of um, money for new equipment and specialist personnel. For channel operations, yeah. so that's how Especially we're doing the operation. Yeah. Thor mm-hmm. on a peninsula with an oar, stirring <laughs> it. <laughs> um, they also plan for a more even spread of asylum seekers across local authorities, which that, is a strange one to include. That, is a, that um, is a fucking hideous turn of phrase. That like, isn't yeah, it? Just yeah. weird. Um, and they're also opening a new government facility. They're calling a reception centre. In North Yorkshire, uh, which the site of which is actually a former RAF base, so that's going to yeah. basically be a ready-built prison, uh, which is great. And there's an entire article asking which other countries send asylum seekers overseas and are a bid to normalise it. They managed to find mm-hmm. three examples. These examples were Denmark, Israel, and Australia. Oh my well, God. two of those are like just the weirdest, worst countries ever, aren't they? So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the Danish are on fucking notice, to be honest. Like, they need to invent a yeah, Lego yeah. soon, or, or I'm sick of them. <laughs> <laughs> and just to, just to cap off the, the immigration section here, um, there's now hundreds of Ukrainians believed to be living and working informally in Britain at the moment because... They came over here on the agricultural visas they were told to come over on and they have basically had to escape the modern slavery conditions which were imposed on them by those visas. Oh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's there's a bunch more to that, including like this really weird window of which like, if you stopped working on the farms then you won't be able to apply for a visa extension. But if you did it before a certain date or did it after a certain date, Dang you're it. fine. So, yeah. 
I've got a question for you. So in, in here you say living and working informally. Is that your language or did you pull that word specifically from the, somewhere? Those, those words were pulled from a Guardian article and I thought oh, that, you know... Oh, that, so when Ukrainians are doing it, it's informal. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, so... Yeah, thanks. Thanks to Guardian. Well done. Um, and the last of the nuggets before we move on to the main topic. Um, Jamie, if you want to just uh, switch off for a little bit, mate, it's energy stuff again. Oh, uh, but don't worry. Don't worry. I did the notes, not Rob. So we'll get through it quick. Um, so the expectation of the next energy price rise in October is that it's going to put up to 40% of all people into fuel poverty. Uh, that's going to create around 800 million pounds of unpaid fuel debt uh which obviously carries significant risk to the company hang on david uh-huh. um i'm getting a connection issue here i think is that the red army choir singing let's go in the background mm. getting louder <laughs> and louder it's no, not no, no because it we live in Britain. Not. It yeah. is not because of litigious reasons yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, uh, about eight hundred million pound of unpaid fuel debt. That's obviously going to have risk attached to it, which will end up being deemed bad debt, which companies don't like to have. Um, and not that I care, fucking, but like that's what they're saying. However, this has led to one of the weirdest fucking heel turns of policy I've ever seen coming from CEOs. Uh, the chief exec of Eon has is now arguing for wealth redistribution. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, when when you're a CEO and like the the actual, <laughs> you know, <laughs> parliamentary left has basically been all but eradicated, you can just come out with any old shit, and people go, "Oh, wow, this guy seems to have his head on straight." You can't spell comrade without CEO. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the this guy's now proposed a one thousand pound deficit fund or a social tariff for vulnerable customers which either the government or more well-off consumers should pay off over the following 10 years. I mean, I still just think that we should eradicate all of them. Like, I, I mean, are they, yeah. is this out of, like... Like, it, what is the point in saying this sort of thing? Is it out of a fear of being beheaded and eaten? Like, I, don't, I don't think... I think it's possibly more just being taken under government control. Like, it's uh, probably just that. Um, I, I'm not sure. Like, there's three different things going into this, and it's hard to separate it out. Because on one hand, there is the... Like, do not underestimate the ability of a commentariat to spot the way the wind is blowing and go, oh, shit, we need to get ahead of populist outrage, right? Because the commentariat has been doing this too lately, where they've been suddenly wheeling around and going, oh, it's, it's really terrible. Have you considered maybe taking some serious action on this? And, like, crickets from the government, etc. Because they are aware that there's going to be massive popular discontent. And, like, 40% of people into absolute fuel poverty is not something that a nation sustains without mass riots, frankly. So, yeah, that's there, there will be some fear so would you say, in that. So would you say it's time for everyone to turn the lights out for 10 minutes? Well, <laughs> and um, nothing it, more. Yeah. <laughs> give, like, give it six months and we'll see where we're at, is what I'm saying. The second part of this is very much a case of, look, for capitalism to work, the consumers have to be able to afford to consume. And when it starts to get to a point where businesses start to collapse because their customers can't afford to pay for the consumption, that's when suddenly everyone is it, becomes socialist. James, right? is this another one of those uh, contradictions I've heard so much about? Yeah, something something about contradictions ratcheting up, uh, tightening. I don't know. I can't remember. It can't be that important. Don't worry about it. What we'll see in the other folks is, like, cancel your Netflix before you cancel the Patreon sub. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right, we're better than that. We're better than that. You're not going to get anything that you couldn't get elsewhere. Yeah, right. Um, what we're I saying just is- uh, would like everybody to know that a bailiff can't legally enter your house anyway, so do whatever yeah. the fuck you want. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and then there, there is for yeah, bail- the final bailiffs are like um, Bailiffs are like the TV fucking licensing people. Do you know what I mean? And Draculas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're just like Draculas. Just don't don't fall for their shit. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. Yeah. Oh, John, John Rental becomes a bailiff and for some reason is inexplicably able to get into your house without being invited in. No, it cancels. It's, it's like double negative cancels <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah, love it. Um, That's it. Did you, see, like, did you see John Rental kicking off about like fucking Gove said like we should bring back council housing or something? Yes. And Rentu yeah. was like kicking off about it because like he hates uh, having to fill in forms to get permission to enter. What was his amazing <laughs> comment? <laughs> Blairism is eternal or something. Yeah. Was, yeah. 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 yeah you, you get called insane if you say anything about the immortal science of Marxism Leninism, but like if he fucking hits you <laughs> with that shit, that's absolutely fine. Okay, pal. Yeah. There's him and there's John McTurdman, and they're both just like. <laughs> Desperate for the glory days when they were like close to power, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry, James, you had the third point. Yeah, no, it's just like the third part is like, yeah, it's easy to call for things when there's no chance of it actually happening. Yeah, like that's the liberal credo, right? That's that's basically the Guardian and all the rest of them. Oh, they sound quite good, they're calling for all this good stuff, and then the chance Mm -hmm. for it to actually happen comes along, and they suddenly lockstep and heal. But well, I mean, that will raise our taxes, so fuck that, right. You know yeah. the liberal who well, likes to you know seem what I mean? good. If the left, if the left would just put forward uh, a guy who could like you know who threatens change, but also wears like a nicer jacket and does his tie up properly, then I'm sure the Guardian and all the commentary out would be on board. <laughs> so really, if you think about it, it's the left's fault. It always yeah, is. It's the hat choices of the left. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you like um, yeah. It, it's it's interesting to see a CEO of one of these companies that is basically the problem having to do the the liberal commentary at move. Like I just think that's fairly I mean, interesting in itself. Maybe he just maybe he just did it for a bet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, CEO walking into him and asking saying we're all looking for the guy who did this. <laughs> yeah. Um th- there's another thing that's been proposed, um, not by the CEO of Eon, but by a fucking lord, because of course it was. <laughs> How would you like double summer time? Oh, I saw this. I didn't understand what the fuck they were talking I, about. I, I, it's, really just, it. it's, it's literally <laughs> just GMT plus one plus one. It's basically that make um, any sense. I, I started turning into Hitchens, man, when I yeah. read this. Tweet. It's basically <laughs> just gonna gonna move us to Central European time, but not call it Central European time because that would yes. be communism. Uh-huh. Yeah. Brexit summer time. That's that's what it is. Yeah, um, Central Brexit time. <laughs> the sun never sets on Brexit Britain. Yeah, yeah, central Brexit time. We do we do love some CBT, don't we? Um oh, not another form of that fucking acronym. Yeah. Christ's sake. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is this is just a fucking dumb proposal. I I would fucking hate that. Like I, I don't know if anyone's yep. you know, if I, if you've fucking lived in Scotland and you imagine how hellish that would be, like, no, get that idea away to fuck Neville. It's horrible enough for the fucking way that it is at the moment. Like, don't do that to me. David's finally found the dividing line of why he wants Scotland to be an independent country. No, no, I have not. No, no, no. Let's let's not fucking jump to conclusions here. I'm not. I'm not going to go fucking like pro Scottish independence purely off the back of a fucking lit 
Hitchens quirk. That's not happening. I'm sorry. I love the idea of Scotland going independent and being in a different time zone to Maybe England. It like, could have one of them weird, like that little place in Canada that's got like a half hour difference. Oh, Newfoundland, just, yeah. Yeah, you could just have that for fun. They could do that for fun. <laughs> that would be pretty funny, actually. Yeah, just as a little treat, yeah. We should just move over to some like, like, uh, like futuristic thing where like instead of having distinct zones like it's just granular and the like you know what i mean it, it, i agree it's time it's finally time for tony blair's internet time zone <laughs> yeah <laughs> but except for instead of for the internet it's like well i'm standing like five feet further east so i'm actually three seconds ahead that's that kind of in, in, <laughs> it is great. It's scientifically 100 percent accurate you know what i mean yeah it's, <laughs> it is great the idea that you look at the time and you know exactly where you are yeah <laughs> It'll come in handy when, like, society, when society collapses and we don't have GPS anymore. And the sun's <laughs> been blocked out. Yeah. 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 Finally, uh, the policy I can get behind. So that's pretty much <laughs> I mean, all that's, I've got that's, like, the... that's bound to happen eventually, you know what I mean? Climate change gets, like, we just let it get so bad that, like, you know, all the money is on fire and then we have to do something about it and they put, like, a fucking orb in, in space to block out the sun. Yeah, they only do the, the Mr. Burns plan. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Only Bar- they misalign it slightly and we get no sun. Do you know what I mean? Like, all they, um, <laughs> all what, what they'll do is they'll try and make an artificial volcano effect and just put, like, you know, sulfactants into the air, I think it's called. Oh, it's, uh, and then, you know, they'll do that to kill the temperature and then a volcano will actually erupt and plunges into an actual fucking ice age by blocking out the sun. Well, James, you want to assume that it's not just going to be fucking global nuclear warfare. Like, that, that, that's, that's going to do all of that very, David. very quickly. David, why not both? Fail. David, fail. Don't threaten us with a good time. They try. Yeah, they try to move. They try to move like a comet into orbit, like around, like between us and the sun, to like cut, like filter out some of the light, and accidentally do a reverse Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> and the dinosaurs come back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm fucking on board, brilliant. Give it back. Um, right that's pretty much all the energy stuff I've got I did get one late submission um, about the boss of Bulb still being paid Mm. £250,000 on a technicality Mm. because although Bulb is in administration the parent company is also in administration but a different type of administration and they are actually paying a salary not Bulb uh, which is just dumb dumb but like what else do we expect from energy shit at this point I found this out, and uh, I was the one who submitted it to David, and you can imagine how great I'm fucking feeling about mm. it. I think, I think if you're a CEO and your company goes into administration, they should take you out and shoot you. you you've, like, you've yeah. dishonoured yourself in, in like, you, do you know what I mean? Should be like samurai, you, you have to like, like, do you know what I mean? Commit ritual suicide because you've dishonoured mm-hmm. the money. No, no, we're, we're, forget about committing ritual suicide. It's like President G, we are embracing G thought here on this podcast now. Come and save us. No notes. <laughs> no, no, just, we'll just leave that as it is. Uh, the final, final topic here, uh, the, the, the big one. So, there's a reason that we got Lila on. Uh, Lila, you've done some organising through ACON, um, the Rentals Union, and you know very well how much of a set of cunts landlords are. Definitely. The worst, and I use the term people very lightly, but the worst mm, people yes. in all of existence. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, think, I think we all need to turn, tone our language down because, as we all know, as of today, the word landlord is a slur. Mm. Have you considered <laughs> using more inclusive language like proprietor or owner? When did this come in? <laughs> 
what was the um what, remember that article where where Rob ended up reading like replacing like landlord with bastard? But what was the what was the language change that oh, the guy yeah, wanted? That was for provider of housing, yeah, wasn't housing, it? Housing that was for, or something. What, wasn't that the Disney Wizard or something like that? The... Oh, no, no, no that, was been... a, that was a different guy, I think. Oh, I do, Too many guys. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, we've not got time to go into it because I do have a lot to get through here, but um, I, I yeah, did not have for time the clip to put, I, I didn't <laughs> have time to put everything together here, so I asked uh, James to to get some information um, on on the state of renting in the UK at the moment. I mean, and, oh, um, is it good? It's fucked. No, it's, it's, it's in fact not good. It's um, unbelievably fucked. <laughs> so what I've got is I've got some I've got some stats, and I just thought I'd go through some numbers. We'll just kind of build a picture of what this is like. And thanks to Heather um, on the Discord for. Um, sourcing some of this stuff for james and then source to me uh so yeah feed your content upward to the content machine please yes. patrons i can't wait till rob gets back <laughs> um <laughs> so <laughs> uh at least 11 million people in england alone currently live in private rented accommodation of one form or another well that's people not households right that's people, not households. Yeah, that is right. one in five. Um, is the is the number that I got for the UK? Um, it may be slightly more than that now. So, mm-hmm. of that eleven million people, that's four and a half million rented homes in England. Thirteen percent, which is five hundred and eighty nine thousand of them, have at least one hazard, which is a serious threat to health and safety, which landlords are legally obliged to fix. They fucking don't though. They wow. fucking don't know. And in some um, in some instances, that hazard to health and safety might be the fucking landlord themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's entirely possible, yeah. Uh, rent has increased by that, that. Bear with me on the figures here. I couldn't quite get to grips with how this has all panned out, but rent has increased by over 2% on average in the last year alone. Now, bear in mind, on average, because I did have one figure that said in some areas it's gone up by 8% in the last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this figure varies wildly and one of the reasons that it does this is because it's massively inflated in London and the South East which then has knock-on effects through the rest of the country Are you um, all, I was going to say you also get like um, little clusters throughout like more northern parts of the country mm-hmm. where, pe- where people have decided hey let's gentrify fucking I don't know yeah. Yeah, so you get really gentrified small areas, like fucking um, coastal areas, some towns like that. You'll get major cities up north and in Scotland as well. Edinburgh rents fucking wild. What do you call that yeah. guy? The um, I'm pretty sure he used to be a sorcerer or something. He was like a stage magician and he became a landlord and now he sells oh. like advice on how to be a landlord. Oh, the mental. He's like a mental born again Christian as well. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. He got yeah. in, he got into bother because he like sold his advice on how to become like a battle landlord to some like ex soldier who then like killed himself when it didn't work. Yeah, yes. and he's got a yeah. head like a turnip. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he does that thing where he like he gives people he his top advice to people is you should buy like cheap houses up north and gentrify. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, have, you, have you considered making this one house uh, a full HMO? Like, yeah, <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. And if I can, uh, if I can come back in, because I want to. David's mentioned that it's like one in eight houses, right, that have some kind of health and safety risk, right? It's serious health and safety risk, yes. and this is from like a report to MPs. But here's a little thing that we want to, like, you know, I think you should bear in mind. Um, the same report said that these dangers to health that are caused by these rented accommodations, one in eight, that's costing the NHS three hundred forty million a year. 
Mm -hmm. dealing with the consequences of that. So this is not like, oh, that could be dangerous. This is, no, no, people are getting hurt. There are measurable effects, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, like, just me alone doing stuff that I've done with Acorn, I've worked with two different families where their children have been hospitalized due to mold inhalation. It's it's really great. (laughs) Mm. But the thing is, like, you know what I mean, from from a political perspective, that's actually good because you're taking, like, you know what I mean, you're saving money for the the landlords and, like, shouldering that cost onto the NHS. Well, listen, those landlords need to keep their money because the average house price has grown by over 10% in the last year. Yeah, and if landlords didn't buy houses, where would we get them? Exactly, (laughs) Exactly. yeah. Mm Exactly. They wouldn't be there. They just not exist until the landlord purchases it. It always, um, it always gives me a little chuckle seeing a landlord like get just you know torn to bits on on Twitter of people asking them like what service a landlord provides and then them replying, "We provide housing." And it's like, yeah. where do you think the fucking thing goes when you sell it, <laughs> prick? Yeah. yeah. Um, I too like landlords. it when people dunk on MPs. Of landlords, twenty-five percent of landlords are unwilling to let to non-British passport holders, and fifty-two percent are unwilling to let to tenants in receipt of housing benefit. As a Which side is note, illegal, by the way, yes, they're not allowed as, to do that. <laughs> housing benefit has been frozen for the last two years. Um, just, just a little interesting thing to note there. Uh, some local authorities, because the local authorities do have um, powers over rented accommodation, even if it's private. Um, some of these local authorities inspect as little as 0.1% Oof. of the rental properties under their remit. Uh, since 2016, 10 landlords and letting agents have been banned. Just 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and just as a little you know, fun side that, fact, I'm sure a, it's not... A- I was going to say, is that a permanent banner? Is they're usually just temporary, aren't they? Pass. I, I don't have the information on that, but let's say probably because it's the worst of all. It's world. not enforced. It's not enforceable. Six match no. suspension. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, just as a little fun side fact, like probably not related to any of this at all. One hundred and thirteen out of six hundred and fifty MPs are landlords. That's one sixth. Well, but it's in, but it's in it's in the book of registered interest, David. So that's fine. That makes it fine. Yeah, absolutely. I've yeah. written it in the magic but, book that makes it moral. Like so, actually, quite literally, Alistair. The reason we called out Heather at the start of this and thanked her is she went through the register of interest to find that out. Yes, that's the only place to find that out. And it's not There's an no easy task easily, to do. Yeah, no, it's not. Like there is no easily written. Strangely, no one seems to want to draw attention to the fact that so many of our MPs are landlords. Mm, odd that. Now, mm. with all that information in mind, it's a pretty grim picture. So, what I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to talk about the kind of help that's out there. So, meet our new, this is from the Telegraph, meet our new anonymous columnist tackling every aspect of investing in and renting out properties. Oh, oh no. The secret I landlord wonder, I wonder is a new one anonymous. <laughs> By an anonymous spy-to-let investor, pulling back the curtain on the highs and lows of renting property and answering readers' questions. David, David, can we, we, sorry, I'm sorry to ask, can we take a 30-minute break so I can go raid my local pharmacy, get some blood pressure medication, (laughs) and like take it and give it time to kick in before we start? No. It's health and safety accommodation, man, you have to. I, I don't actually, no. Um, you should have had all this ready. 
You know what we do every week. So, I thought we'd dip a little bit into the articles of the secret landlord. <laughs> oh, I'm going to return to my previous comment on that I sent to you, which is this is not very Christ-like behaviour. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll refer you to my reply. That's right. Um, <laughs> so, this first article I've got here is, is the introduction to the secret landlord. So just a little, a little, a little bio, um, a little self-written bio. Owning property is a peculiarly English obsession. When people find out I own property that I rent out, the first question they ask is, how many? It's a question I tend to avoid because nobody really likes to talk about how much money they earn. Earn. Another yeah. quirk of the English. <laughs> that is to that is definitely what Jamie I think you would describe as a load bearing urn bell. Oh, yes. That feels like a load bearing urn. For yeah. the purposes of setting out my stall, let's is, say I, um, it's enough. I, I once sorry, I once ran into a friend of mine in like back before the pandemic, I ran into a friend of mine in Tesco and like he told me, like, oh it's like how are you doing lately? And he was like, Oh, I bought a couple of houses to let out. And the first thing I said to him, it wasn't even a question. I just reflexively went, landlords get the wall, mate. Good. <laughs> Good. You should have put the nut on him after you said that. <laughs> For the purposes of setting out my stall, let's say it's enough. More than enough. I am what you would call a portfolio landlord. Oh. I have properties up and down the country of all shapes and sizes. This is my full-time job. And has been for almost 20 years. Oh, yeah, his, his fucking full-time job being like the fucking um, Hunter S. Thompson daily routine. <laughs> Wait. I when mean... your job has the word Lord in it, it's not a job. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's a full-time job, how does he? How do, how do they find the time to be the secret landlord? Huh? Questions must be asked. It's a job which, like most others, has its ups and downs. If I'm being honest, the last couple of years has been more down than up on account of increasing regulations and rules. Oh, plus, no. <laughs> plus, after this amount of time in the same job, it's fair to say my enthusiasm has started to wane a little. This spring, <laughs> given the literally, hot property literally market... Literally just getting mad at him going, money, please, a bunch of, like... <laughs> people that are hardly as well off as he is and just getting very upset that they're getting slightly more terse with him. Listen, mm. Alistair, you've got to have some sympathy for him. He's living paycheck to paycheck. Their paycheck <laughs> to their paycheck. <laughs> this spring, given the hot property market, I decided the time had come to sell one third of my portfolio. It didn't oh. go as planned. Oh. My uh, woe is me having to realise the capital gains I've made on my investments. <laughs> it started off well. The properties received plenty of attention and got buyers into a frenzy, but getting an offer is different to getting to completion. I was messed about by buyers, saying they were going to buy it and then pulling out a few weeks later, and messed about by tenants with hit, hit agents struggling to gain the access. Gets to completion. <laughs> uh, and messed about by tenants with agents struggling to gain access, even when the next buyer will most likely be another investor. The whole debacle gave me time to reflect and rethink, why am I a landlord? 
Because you're a cunt. <laughs> also, <laughs> also we, we, we stand an obstructive tenant. Yes, yeah, yes, we like, do. Yeah. The reason the reason you are a landlord is because the role of tick, leech, and uh, flea <laughs> is already taken in nature. Like, so I accidentally fell into renting property when a sale fell through. Instead of selling, accidentally oh, yeah, fell yeah, yeah, into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tripped oh. dick first into the maid, Your Honour. <laughs> Instead of selling, I rented I, it and I actually am, enjoyed I'm the process. Bite clean through this fucking table in a minute. <laughs> So much so, I bought many more, often at auction and usually needing refurbishment. I do, I, I do, I do love to accidentally fall into the bad yeah. habit of picking up property to rent out to people. Wonderful. Yeah, there's nothing we call, worse we call than just gateway property. Oh. <laughs> a gateway property. That's right. You try something nice and soft, and then it, uh, you've you know, heard, you've heard of the gate into the community. harder stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I love bringing properties back to life. I love. <laughs> Providing homes for people. No! <laughs> That's why he's out there every day with his trowel and the bricks, just building, building, building uh -huh. nonstop. It's an addiction. The problem I have found over the years is people's perception of what I do. No, it is the tenants who are wrong. I've genuinely got my fists clenched yeah. so hard that yes. I might be bleeding. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sorry, but there's so much more of this to go. I, I have I have not trimmed my nails in some time. I've got nice, lovely, long nails right now, and they're doing me damage as this goes on. And while other people's opinions shouldn't really matter, it's difficult when you want to feel proud of what you do. Being a landlord... <laughs> Being a landlord is like being a stain on a magnificent oak table. From every angle, you are seen as being a problem, a parasite. Yes. Yes. He's self-realizing the problem. Making this so much worse. That is awful. Again, again, no notes, right, Alistair? Yeah. The first, the first stage of realizing your like potential is knowing how far you've fallen and that you need help. <laughs> to be honest, he should be having this realization while kneeling in some broken glass. But that's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, why, uh, why do we fall down, Master Bruce? Why do we rent property, Master Bruce? Like <laughs> fucking Jesus Christ! I've had time to think about the business I have built and how I want to shape my future. I have been hit by recent challenges for buy-to-let, such as tax changes that have squeezed profits, the eviction ban, and the arrears that have built up in the last 18 months. And I'm well-versed on the upcoming changes planned by government, such as the likely removal of Section 21 and how landlords readjust to the new landscape. The proposed EPC changes and the huge capital investment this will require, especially for lower end, and likely further changes to taxes and making tax digital, which could mean having to report income every quarter. Oh, mm. Truly, truly the burden is so much to bear that maybe you should mm. sell all your fucking properties and then cast <laughs> yourself into a ravine. While many are negative about the future of the sector, I've rubbed my crystal ball and polished my halo of optimism and realised buy-to-let is a brilliant business to be in, and there are massive opportunities for those who want to remain in this business long-term. 
on behalf of all wizards everywhere, I hereby <laughs> exile this person from the communion of orbs. Fuck yeah, off. man, send him to the shadow realm. This sucks. <laughs> Oh god, do you know they should bring back banishing people, really? Yes. Unironically. Like, yes. Send them to some fucking like weird little island off the coast of like Send them to uh, Sea World. Right? <laughs> Send them to Sea World. They're libertarians there, he'll love it, right? Send mm. them to fucking I don't know. I can't say that. I'll get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hang on. Banishment, but like but the internet there, the island they're on has internet, so you still have to like hear their opinions, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, could you imagine if Napoleon had a Twitter account while he was banished? That'd be cool. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly that's exactly why we took it off Trump, right? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> just a series of like means- increasing, increasingly like incoherent fucking uh, tweets about the wallpaper smelling funny. <laughs> <laughs> the fact remains, people need somewhere to live. Demand is very strong, and rental prices post-COVID are increasing to much higher than anticipated levels. But I want to future-proof my business. You and I may not know about how to best retrofit properties and boost energy efficiency, but we can learn together. In this column, I'll be sharing tips on issues I have encountered, such as the ways I've managed to get money out of non-paying tenants. Fuck off. (laughs) I'm happy to tell you all about buying at auction, about how to work out if a property is a good deal, how to find reliable tradespeople, or if you've even got the makings of a landlord. This job isn't for the faint-hearted. Being a landlord does mean you get to collect monies on assets you own, but there's a lot more to this than just cashing a rent check. There's also walking to the bank with the rent check. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's also the monthly coming round to shout at students about having blue tack on the walls. Like, don't forget about that fucking crucial aspect Mm -hmm. of the job. Uh, And you also have to learn, uh, you know, uh, how to paint Landlord White, which basically just Mm -hmm. involves painting every single surface, regardless of whether it's clean or not. My personal mm-hmm. favourite being uh, bugs being uh, painted onto like shelves and like a, a single piece of macaroni. Incredible. <laughs> I was at a mate's house once at uni and the landlord called around for like a surprise inspection or some shit and we were absolutely fucking wasted and he was stood talking to like uh, the land the landlady and while he was doing it he was just idly pushing drawing pins into the dining room table. <laughs> She eventually, she eventually just snapped. Like, could you not do that, please? Oh, that's such a power move. Uh, I had a mate who had, uh, when he was at uni, he took a shitload of acid and then realised about two hours later that he was meant to. Be, uh, the, the landlord was coming around to uh, show some like next year's tenants, and he just had to ignore them the entire time they were there. <laughs> Many of my tenants have stayed with me for years some almost as long as I've been a landlord. I like to think that says something about the service levels I provide, and this is a service business, don't forget that. I know there are rogue landlords out there, but I'm not one of them. I'm not perfect and sometimes I get it wrong. I want the opportunity to be honest and share the good, the bad, and hopefully the useful. Uh, Yeah, I'm so upset. That was for that was the worst reading series we've done in a while. I'm glad it's over. It's not over. It is not over. I have other articles and excerpts from them. 
Oh, is, is there like uh, do, has he done like a fun like what type of landlord are you quiz or something <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately no it's the telegraph not buzzfeed so nothing oh. like that um how about this next article though i had a problem tenant during lockdown the rules to protect landlords must change oh. <laughs> are, we, are we about to hear about this this fucking landlord getting it up them <laughs> I hope so. I hope they can be identified by this. Yeah, um, that wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> yeah, if you if you recognise yourself as the problem tenant, like at us on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Free T-shirt. Yeah, free T-shirt. Yeah. One of the most important parts of a landlord's toolkit are Section Twenty One notices. Mm-hmm. It, it means you can give two months' notice for a tenant to leave. They're also known as the no fault eviction because you do not have to give any reason and possession of the property will be granted by a court. Yeah, I love, COVID, I love to just, I love to give two pe- people two months notice that I'm going to upend their entire lives. Yeah, it's great. Very normal um, procedure to have in place. During COVID, the government increased the notice period to six months. In the past 18 months, I've served three Section 21 notices higher than my average. One was for a property I wished to sell. Another was for an anti-social tenant, and the other was for rent arrears. On the 1st of October, the notice period... Uh, I've cut this article down significantly, by the way, so this is the anti-social tenant. On the 1st right, of October, okay. the notice period reverted to the pre-pandemic level of two months. When I heard the news, I breathed a sigh of relief. Having a nightmare tenant is one of the most gut-wrenching experiences any landlord will encounter. <sighs> Fuck you! Fuck you so much. Yeah, what about man. having a landlord? Oh. Uh. My anti-social tenant was unbearable. I bet they were cool. Yeah. <laughs> Illegal <laughs> lockdown parties. Tick. Stealing yeah, cool. from the neighbours. Tick. Probably Drugs. Toys. Good. Tick. <laughs> Making loads of noise. Tick. <laughs> Causing damage to the property. Tick. I don't know why he keeps telling us what he is here, but like... Well, um, <laughs> Uh, well, out of interest, what's the address? Yeah, this sounds like a brave warrior. <laughs> I could go on, but I would only depress myself. It was Good, hideous and stressful. I bet you, I bet you, everything on that list is a massive exaggeration as well. Like the illegal yeah, lockdown parties yeah. is like someone knocked on their door once or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, ste- stealing from the neighbours is like they moved a plant pot over the property line or something like yeah. that. Like, you know. They used their bin once or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then I reminded myself, I've owned the building for more than 16 years. The tenant is a short-term passenger. A mere smudge on what will I hope continue to be a long-lasting ownership. Simply a dog what poo a on my boot. Fucked ide- <laughs> Just what a fucked ideology. Yeah. Like, I, I hope that... I just hope that this guy gets... Showered with praise. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you, if, you, if you know or suspect your landlord might be the secret landlord, or just, you know, they are a landlord... Thank them for providing housing. Yeah, Trying to extricate yourself and remain professional is more difficult than what anybody will ever admit. 
and the things you want to do to someone who is mucking up your life must only ever remain thoughts. That is the difference. That is the difference between good and bad landlords. This is so sinister. This is like the worst vibes I've ever heard. I could. I could do a bunch of illegal, dodgy bullshit to fuck your life over and make it a living hell, you worm. But I'm a good landlord, so I'll only think it really loudly. Yeah. (sighs) I've got another article. I am going to mercifully skip over that one. Um, Just some excerpts. Um, It's titled, though, I never thought it would be this hard to be a landlord. And the entire time it's moaning about tax. Um... (laughs) And 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 oh, how yeah. like you but you can be clever about it and like invest it in certain ways etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So that was a cool article to see, but I wouldn't like that. Isn't that, that like I mean, sorry, I'm like yeah, it's tax advice. Put, well, this is the thing. I, I hate to be the person who puts their, themselves in the head of a landlord a second, but isn't that if you're at the point where you have a fucking portfolio, don't you like you know hire an accountant? Like, isn't that the solution to your tax issues, well, basically? Well, oh, you, you could hire landlords an accountant probably... if you're some kind of fucking rube that doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah, they, landlords won't even hire, like, a fucking plumber. They just want to come and do it themselves. So, like, not it's a like, I, don't, I don't understand, because accountants and lawyers save you money. Like, it, really, that's what they actually do if you use them right. And it seems to me that, like, you'd expect landlords who are trying to do this seriously... Oh, never mind. Never fucking mind. Of course they don't know how to do anything. They don't actually have a useful skill set. No. Right. So, no, on, James, we'll finish. you know they're a landlord because they were born a perfect genius that knows everything there is to do with running a business. Therefore, I should own property and... But it's that- like, I mean, okay, let, let's be real for a second. What they've what they basically done is they have correctly identified that this is how you essentially live comfortably in a capitalist hellhole, essentially, if you can pull it off. And they've went and mercilessly and ruthlessly and dispassionately executed upon it, which is why they're cunts. Mm-hmm. So there is like an iota of, like, they are, let's be clear, this is a, landlord world, a landlord's world and we are living in it, right? Mm-hmm. Quite literally paying them rent. But fuck them. I just, I can't... Ugh. This yeah. really How is depressing me. How long do you think me? before like um, landlords try to compare themselves to like home ownership? Like, if you own a home, you're just technically renting to yourself and therefore a landlord. So you shouldn't <laughs> you shouldn't call for like the guillotines there's, to be brought. There's back. absolutely already a scheme like that um, that does yeah. exist, and they'll try to push more people towards it. <laughs> Let's have one one final little piece from the secret landlord. Is it an obituary? No, it's, it's <laughs> unfortunately not. It's how to increase rents during a cost of living crisis. Oh, oh my fucking god! Oh great! Yeah, my teeth are getting shorter by the second here. <laughs> <laughs> Subtitle: It's difficult for tenants out there, but property investors have rising costs as well. Yeah, fucking caviar and champagne are all through the roof at the moment. <laughs> like, if you have a portfolio, right, then just fucking eat the cost of it you arsehole because the price of your underlying property is going to go up regardless yes right especially during a cost of living crisis it's gonna go up it's gonna make up for your underlying offset just eat the cost for a bit see the, uh, I've, the, I've, the I've cost, got some shocking advice though the, james they could just get a real fucking job and they could well, still own the property too. right the cost i want to see rise for landlords is medical insurance oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, as I write this piece, the price of rents is at an all-time high and increases are still set to skyrocket. If you're a landlord, you're probably wondering whether you should increase what you charge. Well, 
let's go over the facts. The cost oh, of no. everything is increasing. It's more expensive to run a property than what it was previously. Not only has the cost of insurance soared, but we are also seeing labour rates 25% higher, not to mention the cost of materials, which in some cases has quadrupled. Add to that the extra costs of new rules for landlords, such as electrical certificates, tax changes, interest rate rises, impending EPC shenanigans, and more proposed licensing measures, and you're in for a hike of proportions that would make most people cry. Do you know what? There is there is one tiny silver lining to like interest rates going up a lot, and that's the fact that a lot of these uh, landlords, especially like portfolio ones, are just like uh, buy-to-lets that are stacked up one on top of the other, and mm. those interest rates increasing mean that their properties suddenly become unviable, and that is... Although obviously terrible for the tenants, hopefully would indicate that those landlords have to sell their properties simply to remain, um, you know, solvent. You would hope so. Anyway, he goes on. Maybe it's not the time to talk about rent increases during a cost of living crisis. Yes, good. End article. Thank you. But the fact remains, only so many costs can be absorbed by a business before they have to be passed on. Mortgages do not magically pay themselves. I mean, what? Yeah. Um, Broken boilers do not get paid for in buttons, and HMRC still expects its dues. Property is naturally entropic. Do you not... Am I I wrong in thinking that you only pay tax on the fucking profit? (laughs) I mean, if it's so fucking... If it's so terrible to be a landlord, you can just not... Yeah, it's really easy to not be a landlord. I've not been a landlord my whole life. Same. Yeah, it's... Dead, dead simple. Uh, if you leave property unattended, it will fall into disrepair. Properties require continual maintenance to ensure they remain in good order. But what many landlords forget to factor into their equations is the need for a sinking fund. A newly refurbished property only has a limited lifespan. Within 10 to 15 years, kitchens and bathrooms will need to be replaced. Boilers mm-hmm. have a lifespan of around 7 to 10 years flooring and decor three to five years. This is before you factor in any external work such as roofs, chimneys, fascias, fences. The cost of these run into thousands. It's because of these always present and ever-increasing costs that I review rents every year. Note I I use the term review and that is exactly what I do. I start by doing market research, which essentially means I assess what the current market rent is and level of demand. Right, so, but let's, sorry, sorry, I'm going to interject for the benefit of our listeners, because I'm aware that, right, not every person listening to this podcast is going to know what we all on this podcast know about what that actually means. What they're saying, to translate, is every year they look and see, um, am I charging less than other landlords? Yes. And can I afford, do I have leverage here to squeeze my tenants to get more blood from the stone? That's what that is. That's what they've literally just said they do. Every year they sit down and go, can I crush more out of them? Do I have the leverage to do that in the current housing market? Would you like to hear what he factors in? Oh, please. Yes, I'm absolutely ready to hear this. I next check how long the tenants have been with me, when their last rent increase was, and by how much. Then I look at inspection reports and the maintenance log and judge how the property is being looked after. After Um, that, 
I check their Excuse payment me, records. Is is it just me, or is that not the entire point of a deposit? Like the state of the flat as yes. they are living in it, it should essentially be irrelevant. Uh, yes. Considering you yeah, have no. that deposit there that you're like going to keep yeah, anyway. tap into. If should they yeah, have to be what, moving out? What he's basically doing is he's going, okay, so. Had they been, rather than engaging with me and fearing I'm going to put the rent up, had they just been paying for costs that aren't their responsibility? No, 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 James. James, I'm sorry. I know where you're going with this. It's worse. Oh, no. After that, I check their payment records and note any periods of arrears. This process is about working out how much I value the tenants and what their loyalty means to me. Loyalty! (laughs) Yeah, if you you rent for six months, you get the seventh one free. (laughs) Ah, Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't wasn't keen on this guy to begin with, but I fucking love him now. (laughs) (laughs) I then calculate any works that may be required to offer the property to a new tenant and cost this along with the timeframes that would be required and add in the cost of this void period, including loss of rental income and the liability of the utility bills. Are they are they basically a sound return on my investment or um, should I kick them out? No, Can I raise no, the prices on them? Both. And if both. I can't do any of that, if I can't do any of that, then essentially is it more trouble than it's worth to get rid of them? No, it's, Just, it's, it's uh, both. It's have the, have the property ready for a new tenant at all times, explaining that is why the cost is going up because it must always be ready for a new tenant at any point because no matter how loyal they are, they might not be loyal for long. They, they might fuck up and you might need to get oh. new tenants in. So you need to be prepared for that. That's what he's saying. If you ever get kicked out on a section 21, you're not going to get your deposit back anyway. So Pleasantly redecorate. Yeah. yeah. Just just leave it in a better condition than you found it. <laughs> as much as you can. <laughs> yeah, before before we moved out of a house once in uni, we had a spring clean in the living room. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Left, left no mess at all. Behind the radiators. Yeah. Wipe down. In the ceiling, everything. Just f- remember to clean up after yourself. Yeah. The, the end result is likely two different numbers, quite a distance apart. A fresh property to the market costs more because it costs more to get it there in that condition. A current good tenant deserves a discount on market rent because they are not getting a fresh property. To me, that number equates to around 10 to 15% below market rent. That is what their loyalty is worth. Uh. But what does that mean in reality? In the last six months, I have increased the rent on almost all of my portfolio by between 4 and 12%. 12%? Fucking yeah. great. That, oh, that may sound a lot, but I know, despite my increases, my rent is still cheaper than anything else on the market. Mm. I wonder why that is. Mm. I, I'm just I'm just sitting here thinking, yeah, I see why you're the secret landlord, because if you put this yeah. out under your own name, you can't. But yeah, I wonder if I wonder if the rent his rent is cheaper than anything else on the market because we've had decades of driving away any reasonably priced homes from the market. Do you know what I mean? I wonder if that was somehow intentional, or or just like you know. So I mean, what are landlords when you get down to it? They are essentially the same people who go out and like buy up PS5s so that there's a shortage and then you know jack the price up. You know, yeah, that's that's just house house scalpers. Yeah, 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 exactly right. So you know. It could well be that the problem with the cost is because of the structural efforts of a class of landlords. 
maybe? Don't know. Yeah. Just spitballing here. See, what, what, what we should have is we should have council houses and then the market can decide, people can decide whether they want to like mm-hmm. have a house at a reasonable price that's well-maintained or none of that shit for twice the, twice the cost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, imagine, Jamie, you would be able to get exceptional customer service. <laughs> oh, there's a thing <laughs> speaks volumes. Yeah. Um, but the most important thing any landlord needs to remember is that at some point in the future, improvements will need to be paid for. That sentence is more right than he knows. Boilers, heat pumps, <laughs> bathrooms, kitchens, insulation, silver water panels, and the like do not come cheap. Increasing oh. rents does not just reflect the additional cost of everyday maintenance, but they are also there to build up a financial buffer to pay for a better, more improved future property. Oh, shit. David, thank you. I needed that. <laughs> Abs- absolute oh. horseshit, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it Always. is, from start yeah. to finish. I feel, I mean, I've never felt bad about it, but I feel better than ever about the fact that I lived in, I think, six different houses at university, and I only paid rent in uh, one of them. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> that should be everybody's goal. Yeah, oh. you can just leave. <laughs> Yeah hit, hit, yeah, hit the bricks, landlords, if you're quick. Yeah. Okay, so that, that, that um, I don't think we really need to say any more about that. That has spoken well for itself, I believe. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that was the landlord section. So just anytime, you know, you're, you're having to rent accommodation or you're having to deal with your landlord, just remember that guy. He's the guy that gives them all advice in the Telegraph now. I was just going to say, uh, Lila, are there, are there any uh, final thoughts you you have about uh, what we've just listened to? I mean, just everybody join a renter's union, please. Um, <laughs> and also, um, if you are a private tenant and you would like to know where to purchase cleaning supplies, you can just DM me. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to um, do you want to plug Acorn while while we're on the subject? Yeah. Um, Every, yeah, join Acorn. We're, we're, we're pretty good. Um, my my views on tidying diligently all over the house are not official union stance, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, the more people that are in a union, I would just like to say actually that I've had my big Acorn poster up in my window for the last four years, and my rent's never gone up. So <laughs> <laughs> if that's not a sign that you should join, I don't know what is. There you go. Perfect. Mm. All right. Uh, obviously, on that note, that Acorn isn't. I don't think Acorn is fully national across the UK, is it? No. Um. In Scotland, it's Living Rent, which is our yeah. sister yep. organisation. Um. But we've got branches in um Wales now and all of England. Oh, good. Excellent. So yeah. Um. Have a look at Living Rent or Acorn. Please do look into it because it is a good thing to be part of. Um. And any union is stronger with more people in it. So yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, to take the edge off that, because that was pretty harrowing, how about a short game of comment or commentary app? Oh, oh, that's just what we need. Let's fucking go. I've only got one hand left. I've already eaten the other one. I have actually got teeth marks in my thumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should have seen I have. the state of me putting those fucking notes together. Like, I, I found this stuff at like 3am last night. And like skimmed it and went, oh ho ho, that's spicy. And then came back today to actually put it into a document. And I was just wanting to fucking hammer my head off the desk the entire time. 
I know what I'm I've glad that uh, I'm glad that you forced Rob to listen to it, even though he's on holiday. <laughs> yeah, uh, listen, Rob. Yeah, he's a- Rob forecasts all of the abuse that he fucking sends to us to me first every fucking week. It's only fair that I get to ruin his holiday with this. Yeah. Also, Rob's a pervert. He loves reading this shit. Yeah. This shit is what he lives for. Also, it's true. bold of you it's to true. assume that this would ruin his holiday and not American medical bills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, inhaling all those small plates was a mistake. Uh, right. Okay. So, comment or commentary? Commentary? No. Or yes. <laughs> Either Johnson is lying. He knew that he was at a party. But oh, like this is going to be fucking incredible already. In, in which case, he has to resign. Or he's actually too stupid to realise that he's at a party, despite there being drinking, carousing, cake, and people singing happy birthday. In which case, he's demonstrably unfit for office. Either way, he should no longer be in number 10. But if we have to rely on Tories to do the right thing, the <laughs> thousand-day purgatory will become the thousand-year Reich. Comment oh. or commentary at... <laughs> Whoa, Comment. that was a fucking yeah, curveball at the end there. <laughs> yeah. Got out of hand fast. Yeah. Commentary. <laughs> but also, if anyone if anyone involved in this whole thing is going to get fined, it should be the person that organized a party at work, because frankly, that, that should be like a, a hanging offense. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There is nothing, nothing worse than a works party. New yeah. t-shirt coming soon. Stop asking me to party at work. Yeah. Hang the party planning committee. Um, okay. Uh, everyone got their guesses in there? Uh, commentary. I think I said commentary, yeah. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for comment. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Comment. It was a comment that was a comment in The Guardian. Yeah. Oh, the she days have it. Yeah. <laughs> this is an end to patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> was the murder... Of David Amos, less newsworthy, less important than the murder of Joe Cox. Oh, Today's oh newspapers suggest that it was. Oh, no. Not in anything that they say, but rather in what they don't say and what is missing from their front pages. Oh, Yesterday, Amos's killer, Ali Harbi Ali, was given a whole life sentence, and aside from a tiny paragraph on the front page of the Daily Telegraph, this just end to a grim act of violence has not been made into front page news. It's on the inside pages, of course. But from the Guardian to the Sun, the Mail to the Metro, not one front page mentions the jailing for life of the Islamic extremist who slaughtered an MP for his political beliefs. This is a commentary. This, this is, a is big completely this, different, staggeringly so, to what happened when the far right terrorist who murdered yeah. Cox was given a whole yeah. life sentence. Uh, Comment or commentary? Yeah. Is this, uh, is this Brendan or fucking one of that crowd? It's got it to be, hasn't like, it? It feels like a commentary at David, It'd definitely. Be, um, what's his name from the, from the fucking... Is it the son or the male? Or, uh, Little John. Could be Little John. Little John. Oh, John. I, no, I don't think it's him. I don't think it's him. This it's feels too mild for him. Vibes. Yeah. It, yeah. It does have spiked vibes because it's from Spiked. That was Brendan O'Neill. Yeah, uh, there it is. Want right after David Amos got killed, they gave his dog the Westminster Dog of the Year award. So it's done. <laughs> you don't need any more coverage. Oh, I didn't know that. That, that, that real? Did that yes. actually happen? Yes, That's that fantastic. actually happened. That is real. <laughs> to answer the to answer the question of like what Brendan wants, though, it's a fucking good hiding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh.
Okay, last one. I did promise you it was a short one. As with Draghi, the Davos banker parachuted in as the Italian Prime Minister, Macron will win the French presidency regardless of the French voting intention. Similar to Biden, he will be given extra votes to suit the EU corruption. The German Empire will lie in corrupt elections (laughs) to maintain its hegemony. Another five years of the French unrest and burning cities. Comment or commentary at? Comment. Ooh, this is hard. Like, I think I'm comment. leaning. I'm leaning comment, but I could see this being a particular spicy take from one of the more unhinged commentariat. But it'd be. It'd have to be a niche publication, and I don't think David would go that far into it for this. Do you want to? So I'm gonna say. Do you want to phone a friend? Comment. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, one second. Beep beep beep. Alistair, what do you think it is? Uh, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> okay. We've got 60 seconds, so let's go. Alistair, the comment said... No, for real, what do you think? I'm going to guess comment. Yeah, I'll go I'll go with the majority of this. I think it's probably comment. I don't think David would dig that How deep. very un-anarchist of you. <laughs> no, but that's, that's not how that works. That's not even uh, close to how that works. Oh, okay. making, making James go off like uh, Naruto in Dragon Ball Z right now. <laughs> Okay, uh, that was a comment in the Daily yeah. Express. <laughs> All right, and that's that's us. That's the episode. So um, if we can just uh, first off thank Lila for coming on. Um, hope you hope you enjoyed it. I did. Well, bits of it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I'd trap you there, but all right, that's, that's fair. Well, we enjoyed fair. having you. Yeah. We did. We did. It's okay, the, uh, the, thing, the finger marks in the table will actually, like, will buff out. You'll be fine. Well, I've recorded this whole thing lying on my floor, so I did save the furniture, but the carpet's gone. <laughs> Devoured. Oh, uh, okay. Um, anything you want to plug? Anything at all? Um... Nah, just follow me on Twitter if you don't already, at LeechWaifu, and uh, if you're not a member of Acorn or Living Rent, then you should be, and fuck landlords. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Fuck okay. landlords. Yeah, I concur. Uh, that's that's a message we can all agree with. And um, on our side of things, obviously the uh, Patreon, um, please do join. If you have not already, you'll get access to the Discord, you'll get all the bonus episodes, one of which should be due out in the next week or so. Um we do have a little break planned for the next couple of weeks, so there won't be too much in the way of new content. You, you may find something appeals on the feed, but no promises there. Uh, just keep an eye out, though. But, yeah, for the next two weeks, we will effectively be off. The stream will continue uh, Mondays and Thursdays from around 8 o'clock. That's twitch.tv forward slash PraxisCast. The Patreon's patreon.com forward slash PraxisCast. And big news. Yeah. Merch. <laughs> merch. We have a merch store again. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so you can get merch, um, new merch as well. There's some new stuff. There's a there's a tree thrax the reaper t-shirt now. Um, there is there is just a simple podcasting as praxis t-shirt. So if you want to go around and pose as one of us, um, that's fine too. Uh, go ahead, like. Jamie has also Jamie's also managed to make the worst shirt we had on the old store even worse. Yeah. Yes. So yes. go, go yeah. and check that out. Yeah, and we also have stickers that don't cost you a small mortgage. Uh three pounds for a sticker now rather than like fucking thirty or whatever the fuck it was last time. Yeah. 
Although I so, haven't actually looked at how much postage is on the new store, so if it turns out to be like eighty quid postage on a three pound sticker, don't fucking at me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we tried, an attempt was made. Uh, yeah. I think so, <laughs> so yeah, there we are. That's that's where we are. I uh, I have something as well, David. Oh right, okay. Um, after a long gap for campaigning and just general fuckery, I'm looking to get back to and hopefully conclude the Elden Ring stream this weekend. So Ooh. look forward to that. Nice. Excellent. Excellent. Well, that will again be, will that be on twitch.tv for slash PraxisCast? It will indeed. It will be this Friday, probably from around nine. Excellent. Um, look forward to that, everyone. Um, and, uh, and also you should listen to Peace at Home. Yes, you should also listen to Peace at Home. Peace at Home is an incredibly good podcast. It's really good, folks. Yeah, Give it a listen. It's good with music by Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got more than two episodes yet? Sorry? Have you got more than two episodes yet? Uh, well, there's two episodes, two bonuses. The third episode's out on Wednesday. Oh, okay. Cool. So it'll be out by the time this is out. So, yeah, there'll, there'll be three episodes there to go listen to. So, um, And two more on the, the Patreon, which is... Um, an investment worth your money so yeah uh, that's all from us if no one else has anything else they wish to plug or anything like that we will simply fuck off into the void for a couple of weeks and uh, yeah enjoy yourselves yeah see ya alright cheers bye